Welcome to Shortcuts to Mastery. I'm your host, Maria Henning, and in my universe, life is for growth and time is for bending. So hop in, my friend, buckle up, and let's get into it. What's up, my friend? I am stoked. This is like so much has happened over the past uh, couple of weeks or week or whatever since I've recorded a podcast. And I am super excited for this one. I have a Q&A style for you. I've put up some Q&A boxes on my Instagram stories and I have some uh, personal questions. I have some jinkies questions. So this is going to be a lot of fun, but uh, I'm feeling so good. It's Tuesday morning. What's the date? It's October 3rd. And I am fresh off of a moon day. So I have been taking Mondays off for the last like maybe five or six weeks after starting to follow the like astrological calendar. I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's like the kind of the the planetary breakdown of the week or the planetary energies of the week. Um, So if you don't know what that is, essentially each different day is ruled by a certain planet and the energy of that planet will kind of tell you about the energy of that day and how you you might best use the energy of that day. And I have seen people talking about this a lot. Um, One of my friends and clients and um, assistants like has, you know, he he does those he he calls them energetic week breakdowns. He'll do them for people. His name is Pat LeBlanc. Um, That's a terrible pronunciation of his friend. Canadian last name, but you get the point. <laughs> you can go find him on Instagram at Get Amplified, and he he does energetic week breakdowns for clients. Um, I follow other folks that have been talking about you know using and harnessing the planetary energies of the day, and I finally started to implement it, and specifically on Mondays. So here's a quick breakdown if you're in case you're curious. So Monday is ruled by the moon. So Monday or lunes in Spanish moon, luna. Um, And so Mondays are actually a time more for like rest, like lunar energy in astrology is more of like, you know, feminine energy and and emotional, um, you know, your emotional landscape. And so my understanding is it's a good day to like set intentions and just kind of rest. Tuesday is ruled by Mars. So in Spanish, Martes, uh, Mars in Spanish is Marte. So Mars is like ruled by Aries. And so it's like, you know, the planet of war, the god of war. (laughs) Um, It's a really good day to like do a lot of stuff. So today is Tuesday. So I have a lot of stuff planned for today. Um, And I'm fresh off of like a day off. So I feel really good. Um, Wednesday is ruled by Mercury, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Miércoles, Mercurio, you know, Um, and Mercury is a planet of communication and thinking. And so maybe doing, you know, definitely a day to get, get stuff done and get stuff done more on like the communicative, communicative side. Like if you're writing or creating content or maybe recording a podcast or things like that, which I'm actually recording a podcast tomorrow as well. So that'll be fun. Thursday is ruled by Jupiter or Thor's day, um, jueves, um, uh, I believe Jupiter in Spanish is just Jupiter. I don't know. I might be crazy. Um, And I've never seen the planets in Spanish. But anyway, you can see where the names come from. Um, And so that's a time to get a lot of stuff done um, on Thursdays. Also kind of a day like Tuesday, get a lot of stuff done. Uh, Fridays ruled by Venus, um, Viernes um, in Spanish. And so it's more of a day of like rest, actually. So like kind of Mondays and Fridays are days to take off. And then Saturday is ruled by Saturn, planet of discipline. Uh, so getting getting stuff done. And then Sunday is ruled by the sun. So maybe getting some stuff done. But again, you know, 
not not necessarily super intensely. Um, so I'm not an expert on this, but I have definitely followed. I've been following the Mondays off and then get a bunch of stuff done Tuesday, Thursday, um, get like a medium day, you know, on Wednesdays. And then I do work on the weekends and it's been really nice. I like particularly Mondays off has, has been really really nice like really kind of life-changing like because I especially because I do a lot of stuff on the weekends not just work-wise but um, I live in Boston and all of my friends have like normal nine to fives and so weekends are like when we do stuff and so we have plans and we go out and we do brunch or we do whatever and and I always have like things going on I have like you know a lot of friends here which is a whole other I if you're curious if you want me to talk about my like friend experience in Boston and like manifesting um a ton of friends and like particularly like friends in the building like I live in a in an apartment building where I have manifested 10 other girls in this building where we're all friends and you know for example like this morning we all go to the gym together um and that's if you want to hear that whole story uh I'm happy to share more about that but anyway so we're doing stuff and so it's nice to just like have a really action-packed weekend that is like a good balance between work and socializing and then being able to take Mondays off and like just taking the whole day off and resting and like yes like yesterday I did not yesterday was such a good day um, I went to the gym in the morning with two of my friends in the building and then I uh, I showered whatever got ready and I took myself to Salem uh, because it's October it's like spooky season it's starting to uh, like the fall starting to come into New England and so the the leaves are turning the foliage is coming like the beautiful red and and yellow and orange leaves are coming which is my absolute favorite fall is my favorite in the whole world in boston it's so and like in new england like it's so much fun i just have such good associations such good memories with fall i just like my specific memories that i associate with fall is like being in houston and like do you guys remember like the wave like skateboard <laughs> so like using the wave like waving down my street in Houston and like, you know, we didn't have too much foliage, but the leaves would turn brown at least and like fall and die. And like just the the crisp fall weather and like seeing the, the leaves fall and, and I don't know, just being cozy. I just, who is not a hoe for fall? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm basic in that way. I fucking love fall. And when you live in New England, you really get like a beautiful, a beautiful experience with it. So, um, and Salem in Massachusetts is like the home of like the Salem witch trials and it's witch city. And so it's very witchy and folly and the, it's super crowded, um, during this time of year. And so I was like, okay, well I haven't, I in general love to go to Salem. I, it's my favorite place to shop, believe it or not. The, the shopping there is absolutely incredible. Um, in terms of like, you know, witchy stuff, sure. Like I always get candles and crystals and everything like that, but also like home decor and like plants and clothes. Like they have really cool clothes up there. Um, so I had, been, I had in general been meaning to go up to Salem, but I was like, oh fuck. Like if I'm going to go in October, it's going to be so fucking busy. So I was like, all right, if there's any day to go, it's going to be a Monday morning. And I was right. I was able to find parking. I was able to get in on breakfast, you know, didn't have to wait too long, maybe 20 minutes. It, for, other other people were waiting like an hour and a half for breakfast and able to shop around. So that's what I did yesterday. I woke up, got ready, went to Salem. Cause I was like, Monday morning is the time to go. And I went to uh, a diner and I shared this yesterday on my stories and some people responded, which is so funny, but my, I, I actually talked about this a little bit on the podcast. My 
a, a huge like branding inspiration for me and something I'm obsessed with is the is the whole aesthetic of retrofuturism, which is like what people in the 50s, um, you know, thought that the future was going to look like. And so I posted at this diner, like part of being obsessed with the retrofuturism aesthetic is like having an unhealthy hyperfixation on diners and like an obsession with diners. Because I don't know what it was. I mean, just, you know, just think of 50s diner culture. That was like a huge thing. Yes. And because retrofuturism, or I guess at the time it was just whatever they thought the future was going to look like was also like the, the, the aesthetic of retrofuturism that I like is a particular one from the fifties. So it, it, it always includes a lot of diner stuff in it, like space diners. And like, there's a lot of diners um, that I go to now that have like, you know, their clock is shaped like a rocket. Like there's just so much like space and cosmic um, influence mixed into retrofuturism, or sorry, into diner culture. And so anyway, I got to go to a diner for my retrofuturism slash diner obsession. I just love diner food anyway. Um, and then I spent the morning shopping around. I went to uh, one of my favorite witch stores called House Witch in Salem. And their whole thing is like, um, like witchcraft for home and healing. And I just have such good memories from that place because last year when I first moved to Boston, which is a whole other story, it's so funny, like recording this podcast, there's so much like context and so many things that I've been meaning to say for the last like two years that I've been really, really marinating on this podcast that I now will have to like tell you in the intros of these podcasts, I guess, or maybe just sit down and do a whole recap of my last year. I don't know how I would do that. There's so much information. Um, But, you know, I moved to Boston last year. That's a whole other story. Let me know if you want to hear about that as well. Just send me a DM at uh, Instagram at by Maria Henning if you want me to talk about this story. But I moved to Boston and one of my intentions in moving to Boston was having this space be a Uh, space for nervous system healing for me and like really feeling grounded. And in my second weekend in town, uh, one of my close friends that lived in Boston at the time, uh, a friend from college, because I went to university here, um, she was still here. We went to Salem together and and I was like, I really want to just get stuff for my home and for it to be grounding and like a safe place and I really want it to be like my sanctuary. And we just went to Salem. I think we just went for breakfast or something. And we ended up like the after we left breakfast, same diner, by the way, <laughs> that I just went to, um, we were walking around and we just look up and we see this store called House Witch and it says witchcraft for home and healing. And I was like, is this a joke? Like I literally was saying that I want to like buy some stuff to make my home like my sacred space. And I'm literally stumbling upon a whole entire like witchy store that is designed for home witchcraft <laughs> and like home healing. So it was just very, um, uh, it was very synchronistic. And so that, and that day (laughs) was very similar to my day yesterday where we started at house witch. And then my friend and I, we just, it was like, we were possessed by the, the soul or like the spirit of like a shopaholic. Like we spent so much money that day, just buying so much stuff and all of those things I still use. I, I bought, three pillows for my home. I bought a jacket, a jean paint, hand painted jean jacket that I still use, a print that I've had up since then. Anyway, it was just a great time. So that's what I did yesterday too. I started at House Witch, um, bought a couple of things, including a Moldavite um, gem essence. It's like a, it's not, there's not actually any Moldavite in it, but it's like the energetic frequency of Moldavite in like a tincture. And I was 
kind of called to it because of just because I I've been thinking about Moldavite for a little bit. If you don't know anything, if you don't know about the Gene Keys, the um, and the Dreamark specifically, the Dreamark is a new um, school of thought or a new kind of branch, I guess, under the Gene Keys um, school of thought, which is the it's kind of like the spirit animal and like crystal alphabet index of the gene keys meaning each gene key shadow has has an animal associated with it each gene key gift has an animal associated with it same with the city and then each gene key itself has a crystal associated with it and no surprise the crystal associated with gene key 51 which is the gate of shock and the gene key of initiation is the crystal of moldavite so if you know anything about moldavite if you were following that tiktok trend a few years ago it's like just a very powerful stone for transformation. It's a it's a meteorite that like crashed in the Czech Republic like 14 million years ago and all of it has been mined out. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just a kind of a rare rock that is associated with uh, initiation and transformation and heart healing. So I had been thinking of Moldavite for a while once I discovered that it was the stone associated with Jinky 51. There was some Moldavite essence there. I ended up going and finding there's a there was a there's a a crystal shop in Salem called the Village Silversmith, and they have some real Moldavite pieces. So I bought actually not only the gem essence, but later I bought like a real Moldavite piece, which is exciting. I also bought some selenite and tourmaline at the exact same time because I was like, I don't want to just be like, because I was gonna go and do stuff for the rest of the day. I was like, I don't just want to be driving around in my car with like a random piece of Moldavite. I like need to have some like protection around me. So I got a selenite and a tourmaline. Um, yeah, I went and bought some other things, like got some hot chocolate, got some tea, got some candles, like all things that I had wanted. I, I wanted to, the reason, okay. So the reason I, not only did I, was I having like a moon day yesterday, but I also just completed and the, I'm at the halfway point of my month long open cart launch for my Gene Keys reader training, the master key, which side thing that I, that I want to share big like pro of doing a super long launch that I have not discovered before because I've never done a month long launch before is you can like take time off like in the middle of the launch because you don't need to be on every day because it's so long and it's actually so much nicer for me the person promoting stuff and and creating new content every day and really thinking of like how to best talk and develop the 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 body of work around my around my my program but it's also really nice for like people that follow me and like people that are interested you don't you don't have to be bombarded by you know my my posts every day not that I think anyone is bombarded by my posts um I think everyone that follows me is excited to see me sell and talk about my stuff uh, and and if and if they're not they can they can head on out which is totally fine um but it's nice to like be able to take time off but yeah so not only was I having a moon day but I was also having a celebratory day so that's why I was like want to go to Salem I want to do some shopping and then my friend Carrie um met up with me she took the train up from Boston and I picked her up in Salem and we went apple picking so we went apple picking, walked around. It was beautiful. Picked some great apples. I'm going to make a German like apple tort that I learned to make while I lived in Germany. That was a good time. And then we had a really nice dinner and drove back. So that was my day yesterday. It was super magical. End of the day with a like magical bath. I used a magical bath bomb from House Witch and put in some of the Moldavite essence in there. I burned two of my new candles. I drank one of my new teas. It was just like 
such a good day. So anyway, I'm like bouncing off the walls this morning, having had such a nice day and restful wind down yesterday. And then having gone to the gym this morning, already got like a protein filled breakfast, took a shower. And I'm just like, just ready for the day, just in the morning. I love recording in the morning. This is so nice. So that's my update with some uh, little insights here and there of the like energetic week breakdown and, um, you know, some things about the gene keys you may not know, and also some tips on launching, long launching. So without further ado, let me pull up the questions and we can just get right into the Q&A. So I'm going to do some jinkies questions and then at the end, I'll do some of the personal questions that I got asked. So the first question I got asked is, do you need to go through the sequences in a specific order? So what that's speaking to is the three sequences or the three spiritual paths of the jinkies. If you think back to the intro to the jinkies episode, um, I spoke about how the jinkies system uh, gives us a couple of things, and one of those is our unique spiritual path. Um, we are a unique variation of it. We each navigate a similar archetypal path in the sense that we have the first sequence or the first path is all about um, ourself and our personal challenges as a spiritual path. And then we have the second sequence, which is relationships as a spiritual path. And then we have the third sequence, which is business as a spiritual path. Those are called the activation sequence. That's the one about self. The Venus sequence, that's the one about relationships. And then the pearl sequence, that's the one about business or career. And so we each have those. We're going to have the same archetypes. Like we're each going to have one of those, but then they're going to be unique for each of us. So my personal challenges and breakthroughs are going to look very different than yours, depending on our activation sequence. Uh, my career challenges and breakthroughs and spiritual growth is going to look very different than yours because our pearl sequences are going to be different. Um, so that is just a quick teaching on that. And so the question is, do you need to go through those sequences in a specific order? And it's an interesting question because it's a yes and a no. So the Gene Keys is called a halt. Like your own, your unique chart of the Gene Keys is really quick. The the overall three-part sequence is called the Golden Path. When you look at your version of the Golden Path, it's called the Hologenetic Profile. So hollow meaning holographic, genetic meaning according to our genes. And so the holographic part kind of says that no, you don't need to start in any specific sequence or any specific order because it doesn't matter where you where you begin. I talk about this in my, uh, by the way, in my free How to Read Gene Keys Charts Masterclass, which is called Detangle. You can find that in the show notes below. But it doesn't really matter where you start because eventually you'll end up right back to that beginning point, wherever that was. And so meaning you will have made it all the way around the sequences. Um, because the whole point of the Gene Keys Golden Path is not that you do it once and you're like, all right, I'm done. Like I did all of my personal challenges and I did all my relationship challenges and breakthroughs and I did all my career challenges and breakthroughs and now I'm healed and I'm super enlightened. That's just not the way that it goes each, um, what's the word, like each, uh, like level, I guess, in your life. I always use the word level, but it's just not, it sounds so like marketing bro. I don't know. But each new up level or quantum leap or, or, you know, level of mastery or whatever you want to call it in your life is going to require you to go through the, all of those personal relationship and career challenges again, in order to have breakthroughs in all of those areas at that new level. So the easiest example that I always give is like money. 
Um, and, and especially like you're a business owner, like we talk about this a lot with like the monthly, the monthly income or whatever, those are different levels you could say of success. And, and the, so, and it's just an easy, just numbers are just a quantifiable thing that just makes it easy. But the challenges that you will need to deal with in order to make a $5,000 a month is one set of challenges. And the challenges that you need to deal with in order to make a $50,000 a month is a completely different set of challenges. They might be very similar in the sense of like, you know, we're still selling, we're still promoting, we're still whatevering, but it's like, it's a new mindset. It's a new, um, you know, energy. It's a new like way that these triggers are going to come up. So same thing, you know, with, with these relation with say with the relationship stuff, the challenges you're going to have to deal with at, in the first week of your relationship are going to look very different than the challenges you're going to have to look at in the first decade after the first decade of your relationship. Um, and so essentially it's just saying that at each new level, you are going to level up and you're going to have to go through and navigate this pathway again. So let me know if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so you don't need to go through the sequences in a specific order, but I am organized and I like to go through it in a specific order and I think it makes sense. And the order that I like to go in is the order that it comes in, which is you start at the activation sequence and then you go to the Venus sequence and then you go to the Pearl sequence and you go right back around to the activation sequence. It doesn't mean that I'm not open to the hologenetic, like or rather the holographic nature of it. Like I'm happy to jump around and I, and I do see that in my life. But when I teach it and when I recommend it to folks, it's, I think it's necessary to start at the activation sequence because those are going to be your personal challenges and breakthroughs. You got to know who you are. And that's the teaching. You, you go through the activation sequence so that you know who you are. And then you go through the Venus sequence so that you know who you are and you can stay who you are when you're in your relationships. You can't be not you. You can't be not yourself and actually have relationships be a place of growth for you. So you get to know who you are first and commit to that. That's the whole purpose of the activation sequence. And then you can explore the nature of now not just being, not just having it all be about you. Now you need to be in relationship and see what triggers and things come up there. And then once you can be in relationship while still committing to, to being yourself, then you can do that at a much wider scale, which is the pearl sequence, and then receive monetary compensation in exchange for that. So there is like a certain reason or like, a, yeah, there's a reason why there's this order. It really does build one onto another. Um, they, they build on each other. I guess it's a better way of saying that sentence. So you don't need to. I like to. I think there's a reason and I, which is what I just explained. And that's how I prefer to teach it. And if you learn with me, that's how I'm going to teach it to you. Or if you do readings with me, I'm going to give you that context. So that's the first question. Do you need to go through the sequences in a specific order? Let's see. Okay. Next question. Um, I think this is an interesting question. Um, uh, someone asks, easiest way to remember how to contemplate your gene keys or easiest, easiest way to remember to contemplate your gene keys. I want to, but I keep forgetting what they are. So it seems like there's two things that you're wanting to remember. You're wanting to remember to take, to take the action of contemplating and you want to remember what your gene keys actually are. So that's a, you know, what helps you remember, I think is a good question. Here's what I'll say for me. I am just a person who is obsessed with this stuff. So I think about it all the time. If you meet any other, 
if you meet other human design and gene keys and astrology obsessed people, it is like putting a pair of sunglasses that you cannot take off. Like once you like get into this world and you study it, and this is like a thing that feels authentic to you to, to like relate to the world in this way. It really is a lens that you cannot remove. I cannot view the world anymore without the lens of human design and gene keys and even astrology. And by that, I mean, when my friend Ashley is telling me that, you know, she's getting annoyed at this car in our parking garage that always parks in two spots at the same time. And she says things like unfair. I'm like, well, yeah, you're a Libra. That makes sense. Like you like your pet peeve would be about justice and and perceived injustices, you know? Like, I am that annoying person that is like, oh, it's because you're Manny Jen. Oh, it's because you're jinky life's work line two or whatever. Like, that's just a thing that I do now. So in terms of, like, easiest way to remember to contemplate your keys, it's just because I view the world in this way that I'm always going to be finding ways to that this comes up for me but that has to do with the fact that I remember my gene keys or I remember the theory of gene keys or I remember the theory of human design and, and astrology if I didn't know that Libras care about justice because that's what they represent at the most basic level like the scales right that's the most kind of archetypal thing about gene, about Libras like the scales justice the fairness if I don't remember that theory, if I don't remember that fact, I'm not going to make that connection when my friend Ashley's getting annoyed about this car, which, by the way, it is annoying. It's like, dude, like none, none, of, none of the rest of us have like two spots to park in. But hey, maybe they're paying for it. Who, go, who cares? But yeah, if I'm not remembering that, that theory, then I'm not going to remember to make that connection. Or rather, it's not even that I have to remember to make the connection. Again, I just view the world that way. But I have to know my stuff. So I think it's important to study. I think and this doesn't mean like boring, you know, like I, I just, um, the pre-work just dropped for the master key reader training. And one of the questions in the intention setting was how are you going to make the study of this as fun or cozy or joyful or enjoyable or whatever, as you want it to be, think about like the best way you can set yourself up for success. And so when I say you got to study, I don't mean like hey, it's going to be really boring and shitty. <laughs> if you like this kind of stuff like I do, like it's it should actually feel kind of joyful and exciting. Um, but I love to go out. Like yesterday when I was waiting for my breakfast, I was reading the Gene Keys book and I was contemplating Gene Key 54 and 55. Um, so I was looking looking through those. I The way that I studied is I took a ton of courses and I still, I'm, I have two very in-depth human design and gene keys courses. Um, and I guess, I guess three now actually. So I have, okay, never mind. I'm just, I just have a ton of, I bought, I was like, what am I saying? I have so many more courses than that. I've bought so many more courses than this, but anyway, I have tons of videos is what I'm trying to say. Videos of different, the four or five or six different teachers that I, that I have invested in, including the source, um, lots of videos to play all the time. I have lots of audios to play all the time that I've bought from the source. I have my compendium, my, 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 uh, human design and gene keys app that I frequently reference. Um, and I'm just always looking through my charter. I mean, I honestly have kind of memorized my charts, so I know what's up and I know where to, where to look in my mind for certain things. Um, and so all that to say, I'm just, I'm just engaging with the information a lot. And so if you want to remember to contemplate and you also want to remember what your gene keys are, you're going to get to a point where that's just second nature. Like I'm saying, like, you're just going to look through the, through, you're going to look at the world through the lens of this stuff. And it's not going to, it's going to be as easy as breathing to be like, oh yeah, that's because you're a Capricorn or, oh yeah, that's because you're, um, your, your core wound is, you know, 35 or whatever 
but you have to know all that theory first. You have to know all those, all those, or the ones that you care about, right? You don't have to study astrology if you don't care about astrology. But if you care about gene keys, which is, this is a gene keys question, you got to study your gene keys. So look at your chart, spend time with your chart, um, go through and try to understand, you know, well, first of all, go through my free masterclass on how to read gene keys charts. And I'll, I walk you through my process of how to do that. So go and read about the spheres, go and read about the lines, go and read about the gene keys. Um, you can do that through my programs. I have lots of free content on all the gates. I have every single gate uh, posted on my Instagram. I'll link that in the show notes below. Um, you can go through my course, my my, my um, uh, reader training, if you want to learn it all from me, study this stuff. And then like it'll just come naturally once you know this kind of stuff. And and maybe you might need to at first, if you want to remember to contemplate, put on a, you know, put a put an alarm in your phone that says sit down and do 15 minutes of thinking or journaling or studying or whatever of your gene keys so you can contemplate them. But the easiest way, I think, is like if it's if it's if this is something that you genuinely love, then once you study it, you're just going to view the world this way and it's just going to be part of your life. So that's that, that. That might be a very line two thing to say. It's just natural. It's easy. Uh, maybe some maybe some other person would have a really specific schedule or something. I don't know for you to do. But for me, I tend to fall in the in the realm. And this is what the Gene Keys folks say too. Contemplation should just be a part of your life. It shouldn't take away for, from your life. You, you'll contemplate while you do the dishes, while you fold your laundry, while you take the dog out for a walk, while you drive the kids to school. You can be thinking about this stuff. It doesn't take up any extra time in your life. But like I said, you got to know the theory first. So do some studying and then it'll just become a part of your life. Okay, so that is the second question. How to remember to contemplate your keys and and remember in general. Uh, and then I had a question specifically about, about a channel. So um, this person says, I'm interested in the brainwave channel 2057 and how that shows up in the gene keys. So there's a channel in human design called the brainwave. I actually have it. Um, it's uh, gate 57, which is in the splenic center and all about, it's called the gate of intuitive insight. And it connects the splenic center directly to the throat center through the gate 20, which is the gate of the now. And so the channel of the brainwave is sort of about speaking your intuitive insight in the now, right? We have a direct connection from the splenic center, the center of intuition and body awareness to the throat, direct connection to speaking it out loud. And there's another channel that does that, uh, but it's a di totally different channel. This channel is about intuitive speaking in the now. So that's why I call it kind of one of those channeling channels, right? You're you're able to get your intuition out in the moment. That's why, as I was saying in the last episode, I'm so excited about this podcast and I'm so excited in general about teaching because I'm always getting these intuitive downloads because I'm speaking and they always come in the now. So in the Gene Keys, uh, we have, we just look at it through the the nature of the keys. And then we can also look at the integral human design languaging, which is what the gene keys, it's the gene keys shadow gift and city languaging for things like human design channels, which Richard Rudd came up with. So I'm going to give you both of those things and I'm going to pull up some of these things right now because I don't actually remember the shadow gift and city of the channel off the top of my head but that's why I have the compendium to look at all this stuff so let's talk about the gates first so gate 20 is called the sacred ohm and the shadow is um uh Jesus Christ Sur it's like surface something hang on a second let me pull it up really quick <laughs> There's lots of lots and lots and lots of things to remember. So I remember a lot of a lot of these things, but 
like a lot of these shadows and gifts and cities. But when you have 64 times three, it's actually more like 64 times six. <laughs> what is that number? 64 times six. It's 384. I knew that number. Anyways, 384 possible things to remember because there's a shadow gift and city that's three frequencies. And then there's a repressive and reactive nature of the shadow. So it's technically kind of like five frequencies. Just three of those relate to the shadow. And then there's like the victim theme, which is like the reason you're in the shadow in the first place. And so that's actually like a fifth, like early a sixth thing to remember. So it's kind of a lot. Why is my... Why is this not pulling up? Anyway, give me a second. I'm gonna let this load. Okay, it's all loaded. My internet was having some weird stuff. Okay, so shadow of gate 20. I mean, well, first of all, let's just talk about gate 20. In the in human design and in the gene keys, it's quite similar in the sense that one of the main aspects of it is that it's about speaking in the moment and being in the moment and the gene and yeah just being present and the gene keys really harps on the presence part of it. Like that is the city, is presence, like like being able to fully just be in the now. If you've ever, if you've been in the spiritual world for like less than half a second, then you will definitely have read or at least heard of The Power of Now from Eckhart Tolle. And if you know that that book and that story, you know, he has this, this um, spontaneous um, enlightenment experience and, and ego death experience where, you know, he's he's been struggling with depression and, and you know, feeling miserable and has the thought, I can't live with myself anymore. And he says, who is I and who is myself and why are they different? And then he like has a spontaneous like ego death and wakes up the next day fully just ego death gone or like ego gone and basically spends the next three years just blissed out on a park bench because he's just fully in the present moment and able to just be. And that is the cidic dawning of the city of presence. Um, but anyway, so it's about being in the now. It's about being, you know, maybe not Eckhart Tolle level blissed out, but really being present and speaking in the now and being able to act in the now, being able to act in the moment, kind of like I was saying in the last episode, given this is something I have, it's really like, you don't know what you think until you say it. You don't know what you're going to say until it comes out of your mouth. You don't know what you're going to do until you you just do it. Um, and in the Gene Keys, the the like I said, it really harps on that ability to just be in the moment. And so the shadow moves from superficiality or rather, this is how you, if you're curious about how the Gene Keys formula for the, for the 64 Gene Keys are, here's, here's what it is. You say the 64th Gene Key, or sorry, in this case, let's do this, the 20th. What am I saying? The 20th Gene Key moves from the shadow of superficiality to the city of presence. And it's through the path of self-assurance. So you say the whatever gene key moves from the shadow of XYZ to the city of XYZ and the path is the gift of XYZ. So we go from superficiality to presence through the gift of self-assurance. And so this is really about uh, an energy of being in the moment. Superficiality being the shadow means it's not just about like caring how you look and like whatever. Sure, that could be that level of superficiality, but it's a much deeper superficiality than that in the sense that this is not about, this is a person that is unable to be deep in the moment, that is unable to be present. Um, you have the the repressive nature of absent and the reactive nature of hectic because in the repressive nature of absent, you're you're absent-minded. You're you're anywhere else but here in terms of with your mind. Like it's the person that is scrolling on their phone, uh, you know, on a beautiful bus ride from from you know I don't know. I just went to Patagonia and had to take a bunch of bus rides. We went from where the fuck were we? El Calafate to 
I don't even know where the fuck we went, honestly. Like, it was like a three hour bus ride that was beautiful. And I looked around and there were people on their phone. It's like, what? Look outside. Like, have you ever seen like a Guanaco before? Like, have you ever seen these mountains before? Like, what are you doing? Like, we're in the middle of nowhere. Like, be present and not absent. And then the reactive nature of hectic is like being busy, 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 just acting, 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 taking tons of action, but not in a not in a grounded way, not in a way where you're present with what you're doing. You're just so busy and hectic and you can't be present and stop and just be in the now. And so the superficiality leads to a person that has a lot of insecurity because you're not able to just be and be with who you are and be with your with the moment. Um and you're not you're not in the now. And so that's the shadow of gate 20. The shadow of 57 is unease, uh, being a victim of indecision. And this is a I love I love this gate. Like I said, I have both of these. <laughs> 50 57 is my uh is my radiance, my unconscious sun. And unease is really like really a thing that shows up for me. Um, but if this is the gate of intuitive insight, then in the shadow, this is a gate that really struggles for clarity. And and it's the same and it's very similar in, in human design. And so we have this shadow of unease, this actually inability to 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 be intuitive. It's this lack of clarity. We have this being a victim of indecisions. And then we have the repressive nature of hesitant, which is, well, I don't know what to do. I feel so much unease. I can't trust myself. And I'm so indecisive. I'm not going to actually do anything. I'm going to hesitate. And then we have the reactive nature of impetuous, which is like, oh, well, fuck it. I'm just going to do this. So recklessness, you know, just like just taking an action. I don't care. I don't know. I can't decide. Let's just ah, this one, you know. And so in the gene keys, you could say, you know, the 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 particular shadow of the gene keys channel 2057 is the shadow of obscurity. So it's like not like the channel is called awareness in the gene keys. And so in the chan- in the shadow, you don't have awareness. You're, you're too superficial in the moment. You're, you're surf, you're skimming the surface. You're surfing at the top of the moment rather than actually being in the full depth of the experience. And so you don't have awareness of what the experience really is, of what the moment really is. And then you're too hesitant or you're too you're too indecisive there's too much unease you don't have you're obscured from knowing knowing what to do in the moment um and so that's the way that that shadow would show up in the gene keys and like i said as a person that has this channel um you know i've definitely had had this experience and for me my unease shows up very strongly with the pairing partner of agitation in 51 because i have those two in my unconscious 57 is my unconscious sun 51 is my unconscious earth and so they really do trigger each other and then i also have the 34 because i have the 2034 channel two times my both of my north nodes are 34 and both of my south nodes are 20 so i have both of these energies a lot and so there's been the best the the way that it would best that it would most easily show up i think um, and you have to remember that I also have a 34 here, so I don't just have the 27 or the 2057 on its own. I do have sacral power behind it and also root pressure powering my my splenic center. So for me, it really is about taking action a lot of the time and not not just about speaking in the now in, from an intuitive place, but it really does feel like I'm a, I'm, I have so much unease. I don't know exactly what my intuition is saying. I'm trying to tune in. I don't know what it is. I have, I'm having anxiety and that's going to lead me to, you know, not act. Or if I eventually get pushed to act, it's going to be just a reckless act and not one that is really grounded in self-trust and not one that is really grounded in, in my knowing of myself. And yeah, I mean, I, I, 
um, gosh, I, I'm trying, it's funny. I'm trying to think of like, I'm trying to give you like a very specific example. Um, but what, what is mostly coming up is an example of, um, my ex, uh, he had this in his, he had the 57, 51, uh, in his unconscious as well, but he was a cancer. So the 57 was his unconscious earth and the 51 was his unconscious son. And one of the reasons that, uh, we broke up is he spent every day he woke up and he questioned if this relationship was correct for him. So it was like every day he was in this energy of unease and indecision and not sure of what to do. And okay, that was actually good because that helped me to come to now to like an example for me because I don't want to speak for other people or, or use the gene keys as like a weapon to be like, that was, he was in the shadow or whatever, but it is a good example. Or it, and it taught, it was my first example of seeing this is seeing it in someone else. And that can be useful. But yeah, like for me, here's a good example of the 57, like really showing up for me is in my decision to leave Boston. So I'll be moving out of Boston uh, just on December 9th. I'm going to be leaving Boston and doing like a nomadic year next year. Um, I feel so sheepish saying it now because I'm, I'm still just like, because as a 20 person, I just wait until the moment. I need to wait and I need to know I, I can't do anything until it's in the actual moment. So it's hard for me to plan even like two months ahead. That's two months from now. Like that feels, that's too far. There's too many things. Um, but that is the decision I've made. And it took me so long to get to that place. And it was so, it was, there was so much indecision and so much back and forthness. And like, you know, over the summer, you know, and having, having, um, yeah, having this like dilemma of indecision and really struggling with it, I spent a lot of time not taking any action and just kind of procrastinating and being on my couch. And, and you know, procrastination is a stress response mechanism. And so I spent a lot of time just wasting away on my couch and like being stressed out about this decision. And what do I do? And should I do it? And should I go to Bali now? Or should I go to Sydney first? Or which one should I do? And, da, da, da. and now, you know, as I've waited and responded and just kept kind of coming back to this and meditating on it and, and seeking support and talking it out using that intuition in the now through the throat now the plans have started to solidify and come into place which is which feels really good because that's the thing about the 57 it's a fear of the future and so if we now start to shift to the gift um, the way that we can that we can move the, the way that we can get rid of the fear of the future is by being present in the now. If you're present in the now, there's no there's no issue, right? There's nothing happening in the now. If we look at what's happening right now, I'm sitting in a room that's full of clothes. We wouldn't even call it a closet because you don't know what that is in the now. But it's like I'm sitting in a room that's full of clothing and I'm speaking into a mic and I have my computer and my mic and my phone in front of me. My phone has the compendium up and my my computer has my recording software up and there's a bottle of water next to me and and I went to the gym this morning and I actually feel really good in my body and it's a beautiful day outside it's 10 30 a.m and it's like there's nothing like everything's great <laughs> you know I don't there's no fear of the future if I can actually be present so let's talk about the the gift version of it we have the gift of the channel's awareness that's the the and I'm not an expert in the integral human design by the way so I can't really speak too much to like what awareness means according to Richard's writings because I haven't done the integral human design work um, but it's just it's called awareness if you're curious and again as we've been talking it's intuitively speaking in the now how many times can she say that channeling your intuition through the throat through the spoken voice 
but in the but what I do know really well is the is the energies of these gene keys and we have 57 and the, in the gift it's intuition and then the gift of 20 is self-assurance and so we move from like this in the 20 like this insecure individual that's it feels unsafe to be in the now and to be present to a self-assured individual and that self-assured individual is backed by intuition in 57 backed by charisma and power in 34 and it's backed by in gate 10 naturalness which is all about self-love that's the that's the integration channels but yeah we're not talking about the integration channels we're talking about just 2057 and so we have this this self-assurance that's backed by intuition. And intuition, uh, 57 is one of those hexagrams where it's the same trigram and on top and below. And so it's the pure element of that of that energy. And so 57 is wind over wind in the hexagrams. And so that's it's called, I think in I think in the in the uh in the I Ching, it's called the gentle wind or something like that. Or maybe that's what it's called in the gene key. The gene key is called, what's the name of the gene key? Um, let me find it. The art of softness. Okay. Yeah. So it's called the art of, I was like, I know the name of this, um, in, in, I believe in the I Ching, it's called the gentle wind. And then in 57 or in the gene key 57 is called the art of softness because we're talking about a soft kind of intuition. The really intense kind of intuition is the 51, the shock in the now thunder over thunder, which is the pairing partner. But 57 is actually super soft um, in the sense that the way it's described that I love is like a wind, like wind can make it through any crack and every crevice of your house, you know, if there's going to be an opening. And so you just have to softly open and your intuition will softly come through as gentle as like a breeze. It's not going to be this like super intense thing. And then we have 20, which is like, well, if I'm self-assured and if I'm present in the moment, if I'm backed by my intuition, I can take action. Uh, I can trust myself. So another, maybe another channel of self-trust that I hadn't connected really until, until now. Um, And so the way and this is truly, I will say this, I do experience it in this way where my insights, my intuitive insights in the now as I speak do feel like they're kind of coming in as a whisper from the back of my mind or even further back than my physical body. And they're kind of just coming in and they, they it doesn't feel like a, you know, clap, like a thunderclap. Sorry, that might have like destroyed your earbuds, um, your, your eardrums. Um but it doesn't come like a thunderclap necessarily when I'm just using the 2057, the brainwave and just speaking in the now. I have had shocking moments. I have the 51. I do like that is my purpose, my 51.5. But um, when I'm just speaking in the now, it doesn't really come that way. Um, and so, you know, going back to this question, this has been such a long <laughs> A long answer. Where is my question? You know, I'm interested about the brainwave channel and how that shows up in the gene keys. Basically, the teaching is where are you unable to be present? Where are you, you know, not where what kind of insecurity and and physical insecurity and in who you are and and this indecisiveness, where is that showing up and, and having you be in a space of unease and uh superficiality aka not being in the moment and instead how can you lean in shut out the noise for a second get grounded look around and ground yourself I'm present I'm here I'm safe there's nothing going on right now 
and softly open up to whatever intuitive insights are coming through, maybe even by just opening your mouth and talking. Um, so that's what I would say about the 2057. And we won't get into the cities because there's just it's just too... <laughs> too intense but if you're curious about the cities like i was saying the city of 2020 is presence so truly ego death moment of just pure presence and then with uh 57 the city is clarity so pure clarity clear knowing and yeah okay lots more things we could say but check out the master key if you want to hear my full breakdowns of each of these uh, including channels and centers and the I Ching and the shadow gift and city and the victim theme and everything like that just in a much more intense way get into that program for sure and I actually um by the way I will also be uh having the the gene keys library itself just for sale on its own once that's created or, or in the middle of creating it if you just want to learn if you just want to have my teachings of the 64 gates and the and the gene keys and the I Ching and the astrology of it, that will be available as a, as a separate product. If you don't care about the gene keys spheres and the pathways and the lines and the three different frequency or, or sequences and you don't want to read for people, then just hold. But you do want to know how I think and teach the gene keys, the 64 archetypes and the gates, then hold out for the gates and gene keys library. Okay, so those are all my questions about that I got specifically about gene keys, but I then got some personal gene keys question and then questions and then some just personal questions in general. So um, one of the questions I got is how has gene keys supported you in intimate relationships? And I was like, hey, thanks for the thoughtful question. And she said, yeah, and you don't you don't just have to talk about the Venus sequence, just anything that comes up. And I think for me, like the first thing that comes up, like, yes, the Venus sequence was useful. And I will talk about that in a second. But one of the first things that comes up is just knowing myself and knowing my the other person I'm in a relationship with. And like by what, what I mean by that is knowing my own gene keys and knowing my person's gene keys, whoever that is, my mom, my friend, whoever knowing their gene keys, it's just helped so much because I have, like I said, a lens to, that gives me a language to describe what was previously a nebulous experience. And that is how I experience all of life now, where I didn't understand why I was a certain way or I didn't understand why a certain thing was happening or I didn't understand why someone else was speaking the way they were speaking. There, I had no language to describe a why or, to, or just to describe it in general, it all feels nebulous, it all feels amorphous. But when you have something like human design or astrology, or in this case, the gene keys, you have a, now a handle to put on that experience. And so to give an example, it's like, you know, I didn't have a way to describe that I was like super multi-passionate and I could never sit, stick to anything and, and I needed to have my own creative freedom. And then when I was like, oh, I'm not only a manifesting generator in human design, I'm a two five. So I'm actually more designed to kind of like hermit away and then like on my own and then like teach what I've learned. And I'm also a quad right. So I'm not really going to have a, have a, like a structure or a schedule, um, you know, that's going to ever work for me, like a routine necessarily. I actually had a quad right MG ask me, how do I run a business as a quad right MG? So maybe I'll do, maybe I'll answer that here. Maybe I'll do a a whole other episode on it. Um, and also my, all of my circuitry is either individual circuitry or tribal ego circuitry. So I don't really 
have, I don't have any collective circuitry. I have two, just two gates, 30 and 53. I don't have any collective logic circuitry. I have zero logic circuitry in my body. <laughs> so you're definitely not going to, definitely can't count on me for any sort of logic. I'm not a person that thinks of logic and reasoning or anything like that. I am an intuitive individual person. And yeah, I have a lot of tribal circuitry. Like I'm interested in my inner circle, but I'm interested in what I can provide to the inner circle, you know, because it's ego circuitry. And then all my other circuitry is like individual. Like I have almost all the integration channels, you know, which is all about self-empowerment. The keynote of the integration channels in human design is self-empowerment. So I'm just a very individual person. I'm just designed to, I'm designed to work in an individual way. I'm designed to work at, you know, that's all the channel stuff I just mentioned. I'm designed to, to work in a fluid and unstructured way. That's the quad right stuff. I'm designed to be very multi-passionate, interested in many things and forge a new path out of all those seemingly unrelated things. That's the MG. You know, it's like now I have a handle and a way to describe this. And so that's how the gene keys has just been useful in my life. But it, that's also had supported me in intimate relationships. Like it's more, I really love when I was doing the Venus sequence retreat with the gene keys folks. I loved what they said about using the gene keys in relationship they were very clear about not weaponizing the system. Like, don't use this system to then tell other people, you're in your shadow and blah, 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 blah. It's not, it's not meant to, use, to be used as a weapon. And I now teach that when I teach the Gene Keys. Don't use this as a weapon. Um, but they said, you need to know your own shadows really well and you need to know everyone else's gifts really well and hold them to their gifts. And I say, and you also need to know your gifts really well and hold yourself to your gifts. Um, and so that's how it's helped me, not, not only to to be able to see and have compassion for myself when I'm acting in a shadowy way. Like for me, my um, in the in the Gene Keys, the sphere of purpose is the first challenge to look at in relationships. And my sphere of purpose, the shadow is agitation. And I get very agitated. <laughs> like when I'm upset in my relationships, it's the first thing I do. I'm super agitative. I say shocking things. Um, agitation is akin to like anxiety and discomfort. And you know, feeling like a lightning in a bottle. It just wants to burst. It wants to explode. I can be very explosive. Um, and so just knowing that about myself has been really useful and seeing how, uh, you know, how I work with others and my, and my family's charts or my friends' charts, it's been just really helpful. So that's like a vague answer, but I'll just leave it at that for today because this is already a really long episode. Um, I'm just going to answer a couple more questions and then end it for today. And it's so funny because it's like, it's not that many questions, but I've like, you know, just, I've talked a lot about them, so we're going to keep going. So I had a friend of mine ask, how has your Gene Keys journey impacted your style and fashion in any way? And do you notice a connection between your fave styles and aesthetics and your placements? And I actually have not, I don't notice in terms of the Gene Keys, I don't notice any, uh, any like fashion, like insider influence. I mean, the only thing I'll say, uh, is I, is I, um, like, I just love the idea of, like, thunder as an aesthetic, you know, having gate 51 and, like, thunder over thunder and chinky 51. Like, that just seems exciting. Um, um, but, like, there's no, I haven't thought of yet of, like, any cool, like, thunder outfits or, like, you know, I, I feel like people do it, like, kind of cheesily. Um, uh, I'm definitely not going to get, like, a thunder tattoo. <laughs> but I do want, I mean, I have a tattoo of Saturn on my arm that I got on the day on my Saturn return as my Saturn was going exact, which is kind of sick. So I do want tattoos of like 
the gene keys, but I haven't come up with any that are not like cheesy as fuck. So if anyone has any like suggestions, please let me know. Um, but no, I actually haven't noticed any, any like style impact from the gene keys directly other than just the more that I decondition, I think in all areas, you know, human design included, but the more that I get into becoming myself, which is the whole point of the gene keys is to become more yourself. And it gives you all of the gifts that you have within you that are authentic and natural to you and and like a part of your self-expression. The more that I become more self-expressed in a spiritual way through understanding these archetypes and living them out, the more I find my style, my personal style more um, in, in the world. And so I, 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 I and this the, my friend who asked this is an astrologer, um, I find that I have much more of like a style impact from astrology. So like in particular, just that I'm an Aquarius rising. And so like the things that I like to wear have like, like a brand that I love is Dress and Lala, um, who is my coach and friend Kinsey's friends brand. And so I found it through Kinsey because I was, I follow Kinsey. Um, and, uh, dress and Lala has like all these cool ass patterns and a ton of them have like aliens on them. And so it's just, and it's very unique looking, which is a very Aquarius rising type of brand. It's like, it, whenever I wear Lala stuff, like no one around me is wearing, I've only seen one person in real life wear Lala and it was like at a freaking EDM concert, but um, no one else is wearing the things that I'm wearing. They have aliens on them. The Aquarius is the alien of the Zodiac. They're all about being unique and rebellious and whatever. So I just tend to dress or I want to dress in a very Aquarius. Not all of my clothing is like that. I need to keep upgrading my closet, but I tend to want to dress in a very nonconformist, not, not insanely nonconformist. I'm not like shaving my head into a mohawk and like tattooing my face or something. I don't know. Like I'm not like super insanely nonconformist, but I tend to want to dress more nonconformist and be a little bit more rebellious. But I feel like that comes more, like I said, from the Aquarius stuff. Okay. So that was a lot of stuff. So I have, I have a question about becoming financially stable and I have another question about how did I get to Jinky? So I'll just start, I'll start with this, the last one actually. So this, this person asks, did you see the need? Did you see the need you are serving for others when you started the gene keys or just followed excitement? And that is truly a followed excitement answer. So this is like, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't start and, and think, oh, the gene keys is going to be the way that I'm going to help people. I, I took my human design and gene keys certification because I wanted to learn human design. That's what I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn type and strategy and authority so that I could teach, uh, so that I could teach self-trust better. So I could teach trust and go better, right? Trust, authority, go a strategy. So that's, no, I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't see a need for gene keys. I don't even, I didn't even know what it was. And then I got into the gene keys and I was like, oh my fucking God, I love this so much. (laughs) And this is exactly what I want to do. Um, and I'm just so obsessed with it. And I just kept following that excitement and turns out again, very Aquarius rising of me. Uh, the gene keys is not really like a well-known thing. (laughs) It's super fucking random. Um, I talk about this a lot in my human design and, uh, and gene keys reading business course, which is called readings on repeat. And you can find that in the link below. It's a course about how to start a reading business as a human design and gene keys reader. I even have astrologers in that program because, and and tarot readers and and Akashic records readers, because it's also applicable. I would say 85% of the course is also is applicable to any sort of reader in the metaphysical space. 
And um, I have a lot of people come in there and they're like, oh, do you think it's like saturated? And it's like, no, like even astrology isn't saturated. Like so much of the world still like you'll go into any part, any restaurant in Boston and four out of five people you speak to will be like, okay, like if you say anything about astrology, they, they're not going to be into it. Um, there's still so, and astrology is way more well-known than human design. Imagine human design. This is what I always say. The biggest human design Instagram account has maybe like a couple hundred thousand followers, not even, not even 200,000 followers. Honestly, I, I don't believe it. I don't, if I'm remembering correctly, the biggest account, at least that I know of, that is just human design focused, I don't even think has crossed the 200,000 follower mark. And if they have, maybe they're at the, if I'm being super fucking insanely generous, maybe they've gotten to the half million mark, like 500,000 mark. I don't think they're even halfway to that. I don't think we're even at a quarter million. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of astrology accounts with millions and millions of followers. (laughs) Human design is like not even close to that. And so it's super fucking random. Imagine Gene Keys. Not even the Gene Keys people themselves have 100,000 followers. I don't even think... How much? How many followers? They probably have like 70K or something like that. Let's go to like the Gene Keys source, which is like the biggest uh, Gene Keys account, at least that I know of. Someone else knows about this, by the way. And like if someone else is like, no, like this human design account has 50K or 50,000, 50 million people, then like, let me know. Yeah, the Gene Keys people have 82,000 followers. Yo, that's nothing. That's nobody. That's not even like, that's not even a sixth of the city of Houston, Texas. Like, come on. So no, I didn't, I didn't see it as a need. I had no idea what it even was. And now that I'm like an, like an expert in it and one of the few people that is like literally making an entire living like off of the jinkies, just having followed excitement, I found myself in a really good position because I've created a very small niche for myself, which is not a thing that I ever set out to do as a manifesting generator. I just wanted to be able to do whatever the fuck I want. And that's still what I want to do, by the way. But just happens that whatever, that it just happens that what I want to do is something super random and not well known. And I'm at the beginning of it, which is very exciting in general for business, but also really exciting. It's a gate 51 person that wants to be first. So no, just followed excitement. Great question. And then there's, again, this question about how you started and what initiated a shift to becoming financially stable. Let me think about this. Uh, okay. I'll just share the, how you started and, and what initiated a shift to becoming financially stable. Here's the thing about me that I think is important to know. Number one, I did not have a financially stressful upbringing. Um, my dad made a lot of money. We're not. I'm. I'm. I'm not talking like several homes and like yachts kind of money, but like a big house in like the like a really nice part of Houston like type of money and like able to take trips and like able to eat nice dinners and able to go to really nice private schools and like I don't have any student debt my dad paid for my university because he could and it was like a private university so that's important to know like you need to know that I have financial privilege for sure um I think like I said yeah I just think it's important to know I don't have I don't have a background of, of struggle and so when I started my business I um but, but right so here's the other thing that I'll say my nature is to be very interested in money. I mean, look at my fucking chart. I have gate 54 as my conscious son and I have it five times in my chart. And that is the gate of like financial drive, my material and spiritual mastery. This gate wants to master the material plane 
in order to reach the spiritual and it has huge ambitions and I have that gate five fucking times in very important parts of my chart and not only do I have that gate I have like like all of my um pearl sequence energy is like root and splenic energy I have gate 44 in there twice 44 is in the channel of entrepreneurship hello it's my core wound and my pearl um so conscious uh, or unconscious mars and conscious jupiter and I have gate 14 as well the gate of power skills and that gate like the description is like it carries an assurance or it carries a self-awareness or whatever that a belief that wealth is assured it's like I just know I'm going to be rich (laughs) so my nature is to be very interested in money and to think that I'm going to be rich and that I'm going to achieve it no problem couldn't care less when it's going to happen I hope it happens sooner rather than later and I believe that it has but like that that's just what I'm destined for and I don't feel any shame about it I don't feel any disbelief in myself that it's ever going to happen like I just have always assumed that not only am I going to be able to create for myself the same type of life that I was given that I but that I'm going to massively surpass it and so you just need to know that (laughs) you need to know that I have a lot of experience living a financially privileged life and that I have the nature to like have a drive towards that and and I have the confidence that it's going to happen for me and so but I will say with all that being said it's not that I've never experienced like financial instability on my own once I was like not receiving any like support or whatever financially from my parents like when I moved out and like when I had to fund this whole business and when I lived on my own like my parents haven't given me any money like since I graduated college and and all of this business has been like my parents have not given me any money to like do this business it's all been me again you need to know that I had my full college paid for and I can move home whenever I want I did live at home during the pandemic part of me building this business so there was support in that way for sure but it's not that I was given cold hard cash to like buy my programs or like buy laptops or buy my mic or whatever like all of that was funded by me and you just need to know that I think it's important so how I started is I um had quit the I had quit working for yoga better and I was living in my apartment in Houston and for five months I lived in that apartment without really having a job. So I was just living off all of my savings and I had a couple of uh, graphic design projects here and there, but it, I, I was just burning through my savings basically. And I was investing in courses. I was investing in, you know, the little boss babe mastermind and their membership. And I was investing in my website and things like that. So I was burning through all of my savings. Once like lockdown really cracked down and my uh, partner moved back to Germany, I moved in with my parents in Houston for seven months during 2020. So from May to November of 2020. And that was when I built the majority of my business. I That's when I created the self-trust program. That's when I really cracked down on creating lots of content for Instagram. Hot tip for starting your business, by the way, that I just shared with my friend Carrie yesterday because she's starting her business and that I have shared for many years. And and I this is what I did also. It doesn't matter if you don't have anything to sell, but if you know that you want to have a business, create an Instagram personal brand now. Create a following now because what happened is once I figured out what my product was, which was my radical self-trust program, I already had 656 people on my personal brand Instagram that was a business Instagram and not my Maria Henning like my high school friends like it was like I had built I had been creating content about trusting yourself and imposter syndrome and intuition like people were interested in that once I had a product to sell to them I had over 600 people to sell it to 
And that's not a lot like in the in like the like Instagram royalty world, like at 600 followers, that's nothing. Imagine a room of 600 people. That's a fuck ton of people. And I got sales and I made $3,000 in my first month of ever selling something in business. It wasn't my first month of business. My first month of business was way before then. But my first month of actually having a product to sell, I made 3K, which was what I was making before at my last nine to five job. So I replaced my income in one month. So anyway, but by that point, I had like burned through all of my savings and not actually not yet. I hadn't burned through all my savings yet. That would that would happen in 2021. But I um, yeah, I just I just um, I started selling and uh, from so that was September of 2020. So three years, three years ago was when I first had something to sell. And from and I moved to Germany in December, and moved back to 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 the U.S. in April. So from like, um, when was this? Yeah, from I guess September to April, I was kind of selling things sporadically here and there, but I was making a good amount of money. I even had like an eight thousand dollar month while I was living in Germany, which was super exciting. Um, but I was still. I was heavily investing in coaching, like very expensive type of coaching, like $26,000 type of coaching is what I'm talking about. Um, and so I was using all of my savings. I was everything I was making in my business. I was putting back into coaching or putting back into my certification or whatever. And then after uh, my relationship ended and I moved back to the U.S., I uh, drove myself to Tucson. I spent six weeks there. I drove to LA and I spent four weeks there. I drove, um, up the PCH with a friend and, uh, went to Washington. And during that whole summer of 2021, I ran out of money, (laughs) but what was different, and this is the real important thing to answer this person here, how, what initiated a shift to becoming financially stable. The first month that I didn't have like cash was also the first month that I, uh, or, or, the next the the next month is the first month I made ten thousand dollars and the two shifts that I think are important is number one I started selling higher price stuff so that was the compendium the me selling the compendium was my first ten thousand dollar month and the other thing I did is that I started selling every single day and those are the two things or just selling really consistently those are the two things that have made me the most money in my business is having higher price things and selling really, really, really consistently and always having something to sell. And since then, that's been two and a half years. That was like June of 2021. So almost two and a half years ago. Since then, um, I've had, I I, I haven't, there's been a couple months where I've made less than $10,000, but I've been consistently in the 10 to $25,000 cash months range since then. Uh, mostly trending up towards the 20, the 20s side. Um, and much more in sales. Like last month, I had a $50,000 sales month, which is really dope. Um, I think that's my, yeah, that is my highest month ever. Um, but it's because I sell all the time and I always have something to sell. Uh, whether that's a really like a higher price program, like the master key, which is a multi four figure investment, uh, or one to one to one, which is like a five figure investment, or it's like a two figure investment because I'm doing like a flash sale or something like that. My my content calendar is my launch calendar. Every piece of content I create is selling something. So selling something every day. And that means you have to be creating, right? Programs not and, and creating content to promote those programs. So the more creative I've been, the more, and I could, I know that I'm just, I'm skimming over so much of this because it's like, I just don't have too much time to really get into this. There's so much more I could say about 
my financial story and I'd be happy to share it if you're curious. Again, let me know. Send me a DM at by Maria Henning if you want to hear about this. But there's a lot that I each of these questions could be a full episode. But if I could were to keep it really brief, it's like I have a range of price points, including higher price stuff, and I sell really, really consistently. Okay. There's so much more to say to that, but I'll just leave it there for now. Um, okay. So I got to go um, to do some other things today because I got lots of things to get done on Mars Day. But I hope you enjoyed this Q&A and chatting about some things jinky, some things personal. And like I said in the podcast, there's lots of things I brought up about things that you might be interested in hearing more about. So let me know if you want to hear more about any of those things just by sending me a DM on Instagram. Like I said, at by Maria Henning. Also on Spotify, there's like a question and ask functionality. So I'll put a question and ask functionality in there if you're listening on Spotify. And speaking of those things, if you, as you hear in the outro, if you're loving this stuff, it's really, really important for podcasts to get great ratings and reviews in order to grow the podcast. So if you're feeling, you know, excited about this podcast and you're loving it, I'd absolutely love it if you could give it a rating and review on Apple and on Spotify, wherever you listen to, or on both if you're feeling super generous. And let me know on Instagram and I'll give you a big hug and really thank you. So thank you if you're doing that already. Thank you so much for helping me grow this podcast. If you want to share it on your stories and tag me, I'd love to repost you. All right. So that is everything for today on this beautiful Tuesday. I'm going to head out. There's two weeks left to join the master key if you're if you're interested in it. Actually, well, 10 days. So it closes on Friday the 13th for the first round. We start on October 16th. Um, so excited. And if you're curious about that program, go ahead and watch the Detangle Masterclass for free because I give you a full tease or like a taste, I guess, of how I teach. And you're going to learn a lot of stuff in that masterclass. It's all about how to read Gene Keys charts. And then at the very end of that, of that masterclass, I talk about the master key in a lot of detail. So if you like to hear, um, you know, if you like to be talked through the details of a program, that's where you'll find that on that masterclass. And what else to say about it? Yeah, it's going to be an amazing program. So if you're a Gene Keys, aspiring Gene Keys reader or coach, this program's for you. If you want to add the Gene Keys into any of your human design or astrology reading work, this is definitely for you. If you want to add the Gene Keys into any of your coaching work, this is also for you. And if you're just a highly dedicated student and you really want to learn a new level of mastery with the system, this also could be for you. So if you have any questions about the program, if you're feeling excited and you just need to get some details hashed out, just again, send me a DM over on Instagram at by Maria Henning. And remember that the doors close on October 13th, this round. So if you want to join us for the first ever round, which is the best ever price, then definitely hop in before then. And I'd love to have you. All right, my friends, have a beautiful rest of your day. All right, my friend, thanks for joining me on another ride aboard the Shortcuts to Mastery spaceship. You can get started on your human design and Jinkies journey with me today for free by going to mariahenning.com slash chart, which is linked below. If you're a visuals lover as well as an audiophile, then definitely join the party over on Instagram at bymariahenning for lots of fun and beautiful educational content and to tag me in the stories with the episodes you listen to so I can repost you. And of course, if you're here, you know it totally rocks for podcasts to receive great ratings. So if you're feeling warm and fuzzy and want to share, I'd be eternally grateful. I can't wait to connect again. Thanks for being here. And until next time, here's to everything going easier, better, and faster than expected.